the veteran starting pitcher last night, Trevor Cahill. Not at all a big deal, not in any sense of the term. One year, uh, 1.5 million base, 1 million in incentives, whatever. Not a big deal. However, however, adding guys like that can be a big deal, not in a good way, if you allow it to become that. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins. Cahill is 33 years old. Um, he's not really been a starting pitcher on a consistent basis in the majors for the past three years. He's one of those tweener guys that'll get you some middle inning relief, longish relief, and then come in and start for you in a pinch. He had six starts last season wherever it is that he played. I don't even care. The, the reason I'm bringing him up <laughs> is obviously not to do the big Trevor Cahill breakdown. I just don't want to see the Pirates get away from what they're doing. And I don't want to overstate whether it's Cahill or Tyler Anderson or whoever this Underwood guy is that they picked up from the Cubs, pitchers like that, you do need arms. You do need some experience. And as I made my stance clear earlier this week, I actually wouldn't mind seeing a veteran closer come in for very different reasons that I laid out on that show. But when you're getting into veteran starters, here's, here's where you can find trouble. If you have a, a manager who is somewhat new to the whole managing thing, which the Pirates do, if you have an environment where there are so many unknowns and uncertainties, which the Pirates do, you can have a scenario where the manager just looks around the room and says, you know what, I'm just tired of all this. We've lost four out of five. Uh, I know that this guy right here, this Cahill guy, can get me a good start or a professional start. He's at least going to get me five innings without falling apart the way some of these kids are doing right now. That can't be allowed to happen. I know Derek Shelton's on board. I very much know Ben Charrington's on board. It's his plan. It's his arrangement. He's the director here. Heck, he's the one that brought in Cahill and Underwood and I already forgot the other guy's name. Tyler Anderson. Yeah, I, see, because I don't even care about these guys. Ask me about the younger guys. I'll, I'll be able to tell you a whole heck of a lot because that's who I'm paying attention to. I made that commitment going into this season. I don't care who these older guys are. Uh, you know, Todd Frazier is a fun 
dude to have around. I, I was only around him for a couple days when I was down in Bradenton earlier this spring, but you can see that he just has guys laughing around him. He's also a productive player. He's going to give Colin Moran a spell at first base. He might be a nice leader type to take some of that edge off of, uh, let's say, like Brian Hayes and, and, and kids like that that you don't want to have occupied with that sort of thing. So there's some value to it, but where I get cringy here is when I start seeing these guys come in and they look like they might be starting pitchers. This rotation really, really should be made up of future-type pitchers. Let me state this as clearly as I possibly can. I'm talking about going with Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, Chad Cool, who's been around for a while but still has a lot of uh, Major League service time that's committed to the Pirates. Stephen Brault can be in there. What about Miguel Yahure? Will Crow. The, the, the last two guys uh, aren't seen as prospects and, and because they haven't, you know, they're not, they're not kids and they're not in A ball, but they're two of the guys that Charrington picked up in different trades this offseason. Uh, Yuhure came from the Yankees in the Jamison Tyone deal, and Crow came from the Nationals in the Josh Bell deal. Both of them have looked pretty good. Yahure has looked better than pretty good. And when I was in Bradenton, I had at least one person down there tell me that they feel the Pirates got themselves a steal from New York in this kid. Both of them are ready to pitch in Pittsburgh now. Right now. And as such, since they've already been groomed as starters with their previous organizations, and since you really, I mean, whether it's piggybacking, which Shelton still might or might not do this year, or whether it's using some sort of seven-man or eight-man rotation to try to compensate for the bizarre 2020 and how it whacked everybody's inning counts, you have to get them involved. They have to be the priority. And they have to stay the priority even if they struggle. Yes, it's been fun watching the Pirates in these grapefruit games these past couple of weeks. They've looked more than competent at hitting, pitching, and fielding. At times, they've actually looked exciting in those various facets. But the only way that this is going to amount to anything, and I'm not talking about 2021, is if you stick with it. If you commit to first and foremost identifying those players who could be part of your future and then ensuring that they have every opportunity to show that they can be exactly that. If you're bringing in these Cahills and Underwoods and Andersons and whatever else that you do along the way, they're to be there as insurance. They're not to be there to generate veteran respect and this guy, well, he pitched in 20 games for the Angels or whoever last year. Who cares? Has nothing to do with what the Pirates are building.
Not a thing. Not a thing. For what it's worth, hey, we, you know, we agree, I'd like to think, that Grapefruit League scores in and of themselves don't mean anything. Pirates are 6-4-1. and one. Big whoop. Last year they lost pretty much every game they played. Also big whoop, except for the fact that they were bad at baseball in those games. They were terrible at everything. And guess what ended up happening when they eventually got to a regular season? Yeah, they were terrible at everything. This spring, so far, they've been good at everything. The pitching, the pitching, which is what I'm talking about here today, has been better than that. And it's been mostly kid-driven. With the exception of a couple of disappointments like Blake Cedarland still spraying the ball all over the place, that one really jumps out. The younger pitchers have done really, really well. Let that proceed unabated. All I'm saying, all I'm saying, if it sounds like I'm getting mad about something before it's even happened, so be it. But I'll take what I'm seeing from the Pirates so far, regardless of the results, meaning wins and losses, into the 2021 season and where they end up in the standings and everything else, if the important players keep getting the important roles. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question if you'd like to leave one you can do so by visiting dk pittsburgh sports find the article that encompasses this podcast and leave it right there in comments welcome back it's time for just one question and always on this program that's brought to you by our friends at mike's beer bar and the north shore tavern those are sister operations right next to each other on federal street directly across from pnc park the side with the Willie Stargell statue. They're open for business. They're serving everything. At Mike's, you can find more than 300 local beers available in-house from more than 50 local breweries. There's no place like it in the city. There's always, always 80 taps of local. They also are offering specials. Buy three crawlers, get three free. I'm not making that one up. Buy three crawlers and get three free. You also can get 50% off mix and match six packs. Next door at North Shore Tavern, that's the home of the steak on a stone. That's all I ever need to say about North Shore Tavern, other than it's a Pirates fan's delight with the decor in there. Only Pirates Bar in Pittsburgh. Mike's Beer Bar and North Shore Tavern. And today's just one question comes from Bobby, who says... Honest question, do you maybe put too much of a premium on training camps slash spring training because you cover them? Well, dude, that one that one hits where it hurts. Uh, I am guilty of this on many an occasion. I can confess that to you right here. I'm guilty of it with Steelers camp, guilty of it with Penguins camp, but doubly guilty of it when it comes to the Pirates at spring training. You're so far away from Pittsburgh, and if you're someone like me and you 
can't stand anything at all about Florida, all you focus on is baseball. That's all I do when I'm down there. I'll, I'll eat, I'll go to Starbucks and get a coffee, and then I'm just all baseball all day and all night. Baseball, baseball, baseball. So the things that occur at spring training can feel way bigger than they actually are because you're down there. You know that the games back in Pittsburgh, for the most part, aren't on TV. Things that you see and hear around camp obviously aren't known to uh, viewers, listeners, readers, unless it gets shared by the three, two, three Pittsburgh reporters that are down there covering it. So you feel like everything is magnified. So when I'll see something happen, like, I don't know, I mean, look at Anthony Alford's catch yesterday in the 7-5 to victory over the, the Orioles at Lee Com Park. Alford went flying into the, the gap in right center and really laid out for a ball, also hit an opposite field home run. And if you're there, if you're there, it feels like a really, really big deal. Like, that's it. He's won the center field job. And you don't consider for yourself in the moment, wow, it really doesn't mean all that much to be the starting center fielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2021 and other things that people are actually thinking about back in Pittsburgh which is not the Pirates, if we're being candid here. Down there, it feels enormous. It feels like the Pirates are the only thing that matter. I know that sounds nuts to you, but I'm, I'm trying to answer your question. So yes, you can place a premium on it. When it comes to performance, that's, that's a different question, but also a valid one because there are different circumstances in grapefruit ball. Some pitchers can take the mound committed that day to just working on one pitch. I'm going to go out there and just do nothing other than throw change-ups, especially the veterans, the guys who know they've made the roster on their respective teams, and they just say, you know what, I, I, I owe it to myself to go out here and just nail this change-up. Well, you know what, everybody in the dugout knows and sees this, so you're coming up to the plate sitting on a change-up. And if you don't hit that thing to the other end of Bradenton, then you're doing something wrong. Those things happen all the time. Take it from somebody who's covered a ton of these things. And I'll try to put them into perspective as well as the wind blowing out or in, which is more of an event in Bradenton than in any spring ballpark in Florida or Arizona. Everyone in baseball will tell you that. But yet when you write, oh, so-and-so had his home run blowed out or wind-aided, uh, fans will get mad. Why are you cutting down on this guy? He hit a home run. Why can't you just say he hit a home run? Because you're trying not to overinflate it. You're trying not to put too much of a premium on it, to borrow your, your own term, Bobby. Uh, can I do that? Yes. Uh, am I guilty of that? Yes, but I also think that individual performance does matter. Showing that you're better does matter. The Pirates, through this portion of the Grapefruit League schedule, at individual levels, in individual facets, hitting, pitching, and fielding, 
have looked markedly better than they did at this same time in 2020. I think that is important. I think that does count. Thanks for that question. That's one of the best I've been asked since we started this podcast. Uh, And thanks to everybody for listening to this show, not just today, but uh, all week long and and before that. It's it's gotten to be an awful lot of fun. I do remember when uh, I had a few people that I know pretty well making fun of me for saying, you're going to do a Pirates podcast like every day? How can you pull that off? It's easy. It's easy. You just have to be interested. You have to be invested in the subject matter. And I don't think anybody would ever doubt that I am that. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.